Time for your weekly dose of nostalgia with the 80s, 90s, Uncensored. I am Milo Dennison. And, and I'm Jamie Fenderson. And today we're talking about Waterworld. 1995's Waterworld. 1995. Because Kevin here's Costner the thing, classic. man. Yeah, it, it gets... It gets a lot of it gets a lot of hate, but I don't. We're going to talk about whether that's justified or not. We're going to do a little retrospective and and make and be our own judges about this, because I think maybe there's there's a lot of stuff to talk about this movie. Actually, there's a lot of stuff going on with this. Yeah, like the thing with Waterworld is it was in the news a lot when it was being filmed for mm-hmm. going massively over budget it was like the largest budget film at the time it was extended mm-hmm. they had like hurricanes or whatever that came and wrecked the set and had to be rebuilt and all this other crap around it so it had a lot of negative press before it even came out actually yeah and and people this was an arduous film because like people almost died kevin costner had a brush with death the two girls his companions, like the first day, they almost died because they almost got dragged under a sinking boat. Their stuntman almost died. And then, like, more than half of the crew was really seasick, and they had to ship in ginger snaps, which seemed to work pretty well with a lot, but, but they were all seasick all the time. This was a hard movie to film because yeah. it was out in open water, bro. They built a whole set, that whole set with the the like the water city. Um, it used up all the steel in Hawaii, and then they had to import more steel from California to build this thing. Like it was huge. It was like a million tons of steel to build this thing. Like this is like real stuff. This isn't all CGI and stuff because it was still CGI couldn't handle this back then. Yeah, it had to be large enough to for Kevin Costner's boat to actually fit in. Because he sails into the middle of it. And nowadays that'd all be done in a studio in front of a giant green screen or whatever. Who knows how they do it now? But back then they couldn't do that. This is a legit on the ocean film that was made. Like they couldn't go to the bathroom, right? They had to wait till, isn't that one of the things? Like they had to wait till they could get boated back to shore and actually just to take a leak. Yeah. And they and they had to like stop production a lot because People had to take a leak, man. <laughs> People got to do nature's business. Yeah. Can't take a dump off the side of the boat, you know, <laughs> with everybody around there. <clears throat> that would have added to like the the post-apocalyptic kind of thing, though, right? Be mm-hmm. like, hey, if you need to take a dump, just, just go right off the side there. That's going to add to the post-apocalyptic ambiance. <laughs> so... For those who haven't seen it or might need a bit refresher, it stars Kevin Costner, who plays the Mariner, and he's a man who lives out on his boat, and he's kind of been a little mutated fish gill thing, fish gills, so he can breathe underwater, which he wants yeah. to, but he of course has to hide it because then he'd be, as we learned from X Men, he'd be ostracized if his mutant powers were witnessed by humankind. And he's got and webbed feet too. A little, yeah, webbed feet as well. And uh, everybody, every, the, the polar ice caps have melted and pretty much covered the earth with water. And he, he meets up with this girl, Helen, and her daughter, Enolia. I think it's the daughter, right? Or is I don't she just think she's girl? the daughter. She's just like some mystical, mystical little girl, girl who just like has a tattoo there. on her back that somehow mm-hmm. leads them to land for some reason. And then, of course, you have the great Dennis Hopper 
as the leader of the uh, smokers who live aboard the Exxon Valdez, the famous ship that crashed in the uh, in, up in Alaska, flooding Alaska with oil as the bad guys who are also looking for this piece of land. And um, it's basically, it's Mad Max on water is the best way to describe it. Yeah, Mad Max on water. That's right. And did you know this film was originally going to be a low, like a low budget thing like Mad Max was? This was going to be a Roger Corman movie, mm-hmm. like a low budget thing. But then the Roger Corman people were like, ah, we think this is going to be not low budget. So then it went on to Largo Entertainment, more like a medium budget thing. But then Kevin Costner got involved and then Largo's like, no, we think this is going to be even bigger. So then Universal got involved and then it became the most expensive movie to make of all time at the time. It was supplanted by Titanic just a few years later, but another <laughs> ocean mariner kind ocean of movie. But boat, yeah. but yeah, it went from starting out as a low budget Roger Corman thing to the most the the most expensive movie ever made. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a dramatic change. Yeah, and Kevin Costner invested twenty two million dollars of his own money because the thing started going over budget because this this was a hard movie to make. All the sets, and, and then this was filmed in Hawaii, and then you had like hurricanes, and they didn't check the weather patterns for some reason, so the wind would like knock things over, and it was. It was this was this was like one of those kind of snowballing over budget movies because filming on open water is hard. That's what Steven Spielberg told the told the director was like, hey, you should probably like be careful about filming on open water because that ballooned my budget and, and time. But they did. And that's what happens when you film on open water, man. You don't know what's going to happen. And and that's what happened. That's why this movie is so expensive because it was it was just so hard to make. Yeah, and back then Kevin Costner now he's kind of settled down. He's not quite as big of a star as he used to be. But back then he was the top, you know, top of the A list category. He this was coming mm-hmm. off Dances in the Wolves where he won a couple Oscars and like he had done some big films at this point in time. And this was definitely a big star piece for him. And uh, he put it, yeah, like you said, he invested his own money. So there was a lot riding on the success of this film. But here's the thing, like you mentioned before, with with all of the with all of the crazy things that were happening on the set, because this was such a hard movie to film, that the media got whole got wind of like all of the the problems and the challenges for this movie and the fact that people were like having brushes with death and getting sick seasick and they couldn't take a piss and all all of this (laughs) stuff right and you know 90s media that's when that's when it started getting kind of tabloidy and trashy and so they're 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 blowing it up even further because they want to they want to go hard copy on it and just kind of so they started bashing it before it even came out so that's that's a very 90s thing right when when a when the the media starts bashing things before before it's even finished made, making before they're even finished making it yeah and the thing with that is that of course influences the people's opinion of the movie right so if you hearing all this negative about the movie it's like well if 
they're all talking shit about it. I'm not going to go see it. Why should I spend my money on it? Or even when you do go see it, you've already got a negative opinion of it. And you're seeing like, you're picking it apart and be like, oh, look at all this waste of money stuff that they should have. So that influenced the general public's opinion of the film as well, which contributed to its box office. And the thing is like, it was an expensive food film, like you said, according to IMDb, 175 million. Um, it grossed in the US and Canada 88 million. So it didn't make its money back until it got the total worldwide release on there, which actually came to, according to IMDb, 100, 264 million. So it made its money back eventually. And it turned a profit eventually, too, which yeah. there's this perception like it's this huge box office bomb, like that that pirate movie that. <laughs> Oh What's yeah, in, Gina Davis. Yeah, it, it, there's this perception like it's like that, like it, like it's it bombed hard and it lost a whole bunch of money. But that's not true. It it made money actually. It made money. So yeah. It's not this box office bomb that everybody's that everybody's talking about. Like, oh, it bombed at the. No, it didn't. It, it didn't bomb. So I don't know where that perception comes from, people. But it's wrong. We're here to set the record straight. Yeah, people, come on, listen to our show. <laughs> we are a history podcast. We're experts. <laughs> we watched it in the theater when it came out in the first place. Yeah, we were around. We were to us. <laughs> yeah. The thing is, like, there was a lot of stuff about to like I, I can understand a lot of the criticism, uh, especially with like Dennis Hopper's over the top performance, but he's kind of known for that. You kind of you're gonna get that when he's in a film and some of the like plot points, but there, there like you said, the 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 real effects of actually being out there on the water shown which made it kind of interesting. The Even the CGI, the stuff where he actually swims down to the flooded uh, city and stuff. I remember watching that and thinking that was a really cool scene just because you're seeing all this like flooded city landscape kind of stuff, which was kind of cool actually. And yeah, uh, yeah. I, so there's a lot of stuff to like about this. I I, I love sailboats. So I thought is is uh, was it a catamaran or was it a trimaran? I don't remember. Tri I think tri trimaran, yeah, was it, the was second trimaran? one. Okay. With the, yeah. It starts with a T. Yeah, trimaran. So that means yeah. it has. Yeah. Okay. So uh, the yeah, I thought his trimaran was awesome, and uh, there's a lot of cool stuff about the film. Yeah, and they gotta like they have all this stuff to help them survive. Mm -hmm. Like he has his pee pump where he he pees in this thing, and he goes through this kind of pump, and he just starts drinking it again, like. <laughs> And they have they have and they have all these artifacts from like the world when the world used to be not the way it is and like papers like he's got a bottle with paper in it and everybody's like freaking out like holy shit paper yeah <laughs> paper real dirt is used as currency like yeah he needs to buy something he's like I've got some real dirt here <laughs> yeah you, you talked about you talked about the bad guy Deacon in the over the top performance. I have a whole list here of actors who like turned it down and not, not necessarily because they didn't want to do it. Maybe they had other obligations or whatnot, or maybe they just didn't want to do it, but there's a whole list of, of, of people considered to play Deacon. Dennis Hopper eventually got it, but Samuel L. Jackson, Gene Hackman, James can Gary Oldman, Gary Busey, Lawrence Fishburne, and Jack Nicholson were all considered for the role of Deacon. 
I the Dennis Hopper is, did finally got it. I think Dennis Hopper works for it, but I could see those actors. I could see like Jack Nicholson doing it. I mentioned Jack Nicholson probably wanted too much money because he was pretty big. Yeah, that's that. I think that's what it was. Yeah. So on that list, I, I would. I think. I think Gary Busey would have been my totally my pick. That's mine as <laughs> yeah. well. I think Gary Busey would have been great. <laughs> yes. That guy's insane. Anyways. Yeah, he looks like he would be some kind of insane water world warlord. Yeah, but and, and so a lot of people pointed out too that if all the polar ice caps melt melted. By the way, I really like how this movie started with the universal because it always starts with the planet Earth with the universal sign going around it, and then it goes like it starts zooming in and all of the polar ice caps melt and the whole water world the universal logo world becomes water world <laughs> that was pretty clever guys I, yeah. I i think that was clever i gotta call that out but the fact is that if all the polar ice caps melted i mean it wouldn't be good for civilization there'd be a lot of cities that that wouldn't make it but it wouldn't cover the whole earth all of the land masses and the original, they were what they were going to do originally is they were going to have a jacked up moon that you could see, and and the jacked up moon and like how the Earth tilted and all this weird moon stuff, lunar planetary positioning is what caused it, which makes more sense. Mm. But they wanted to have kind of an environmental message, so they're like, yeah, just if the ice caps melt, this is what's going to happen. So be careful, hum- humans. <laughs> Yeah, and I think that's one of the criticism. There's there's a few. Like the one I always kind of get behind is how are they refining the oil on the ship, right? Because it's a big thing of oil, but the ship's not a refinery. They've got to refine that to make fuel for their yeah. jet skis and airplane and stuff. There's an extended version that they pared down that explains that. Oh, really? So they yeah. actually have a refinery on the ship that they do somehow? So they, they, they explain how they do it because this movie was originally three hours long. But they but Kevin Costner was kind of afraid to have a long movie because Wyatt Earp was like three hours long and it, it took a took a huge dump. Like it didn't do well. So he wanted to he wanted to Should cut be it like, half. Hey, hey, Kevin, it wasn't because it was three hours long. But people <laughs> didn't like it. <laughs> Well, I mean, that but might this, have been, that's one of the reasons, but <laughs> yeah, but this this version actually pl- a, a big chunk of it, like 40 minutes of it played on a TV version. Mm. So they added 40 minutes from that three hour on a TV version that, that played and but they had to pare down a lot of the violence and stuff for the TV version. And then there was a fan that actually put the TV version and the real version together to make this cut. And then they they the producers like that so they they got with the guy the fan and they redid that cut and put it like in a dvd that's oh, crazy cool. right but you can actually get the dvd extended cut yeah but in that three-hour version they'll they have a lot of that's those questions that you have like how mm-hmm. do they refine how do they refine oil how do they do this they, they explain a lot of that but they cut it out i, I would like to see that extended thing yeah, because isn't the released version nearly three hours, anyways? Like, so no, it it's like it's one hundred thirty-five minutes. No, yeah, no, it's one hundred thirty-five minutes. But oh, this okay. Ulysses cut it. It was a like a it was a fan version, but then the the 
they took the the producers took it and put the original footage in that cut because they like that fan cut so well. So I'd like to see this Ulysses cut. Um, yeah, me too. I'd watch it. So we'll we'll have to track that down because that'll answer a lot of the questions that you have. But what you could make the argument, well, the original movie didn't answer those questions. I don't care about your stupid cut. And then you, you got a point there. <laughs> this is the movie you showed us. So in the movie yeah, you show yeah. us, justify it somehow. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That that's true. But yeah, that so I guess Kevin Reynolds directed this, right? Who who worked with Kevin Costner on Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. And then they got even though they didn't get along well, they they there was some mediation and they got back together for this movie, but they didn't get along during this movie either. So that's another thing that the the media was kind of like hearing the rumors about was yeah, the main the star and the director don't get along. Well, and that's part I'm sure a lot of that's part of Kevin Costner's celebrity at the time where he mm-hmm. was like, Look, I'm the star, I'm you know, listen to me kind of stuff. I'm I'm putting my money into this film. And then so he has his ideas, right? Because it's a Kevin Costner film. And then of course the director's like, well, I'm the director, right? So I could I could see them that butting heads. Yeah. I could see how and I've talked about this before when your your star, your actor has more power than he should. I've talked about this before. I don't think it works well. Um, then that's why you get a lot of strife and weirdness. I, I like I'm not an act. You're an actor, but I, I if I were an actor guy, I, I probably wouldn't want to work on a production where you have this really big star actor with a lot of power because I think that pr- probably causes a lot of trouble on the set. But that's just my my thought. Yeah. Well, I'm, it, I'm, and it's dictated by the set and the environment and how strong-willed the director is. Uh, I know on um, the Royal Tenenbaums, for example, Wes Anderson had difficulty with Gene Hackman because Gene Hackman was this big, huge star. And he's like, dude, I've done all this. And Wes Anderson, I guess, is a pretty easygoing guy and not like a very strong-headed person or listens the story anyways. And so Gene Hackman would actually go off on Wes Anderson and uh, and stuff. So yeah, you need to be able to sometimes stand up to those types of stars or accept it. Like I imagine Tom Cruise, Tom Cruise no doubt has a lot of say in his films, right? So if you're signing up to direct a Tom Cruise mission, yeah, you probably film, know what you're getting into. <laughs> you anyway. know what you're getting into, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so you, you, at least you're probably prepared for that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so my, if we're going to do like what our thoughts on this, see, he, here's my deal. I, I don't think that this is a bad movie. I actually quite enjoy this movie. I will I will even say that it's a good movie. I don't know if it's like some kind of masterpiece or anything, but I think it's a fun movie. I think it's a fun action movie. I think it's interesting. It's kind of like this Mad Max feel on the ocean, and it's got a lot of fun action, and, and, and it's got an interesting premise. So it, it's got a lot of hate, and it's got a lot of bad mojo and because i think the media really kind of beat the crap out of it but i think it's unjustified i think this is actually a pretty good movie that's my thought on it i i agree with you i i don't i don't think it's a great movie or anything like that it's not 
this it's probably not necessarily up there with any number of other movies, right? Like that that it's not a top 10 movie in my opinion. But saying that, you're right. It's it's an enjoyable movie. It's fun to watch. You appreciate it for its ridiculousness. You appreciate it for the, like the premise. I mean, come on, I polar ice caps are melting. It might not flood the entire planet, but we are seeing the ocean levels rising. And uh it's yeah, it's 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 a post-apocalyptic action flick, which I love post-apocalyptic action flicks. So why is this one gets as much hate as it does in comparison to any other number of films with the same premise that people don't hate? And it's just because this is a massively budgeted Kevin Costner film that the press dogged on and everybody just picked up on that. Yeah, but we're going to bring it back and we're we're going to give it some love because it's actually pretty fun. Mm-hmm. And, and what I really like about it is, you know, 1995, you, you had CGI. It was new, but it was pretty expensive, right? It, it wasn't like today where it's kind of CGI is pretty cheap. Mm-hmm. Back then it was like you had to have a lot of computing power to do something special. So it was still all practical. They built that whole atoll city with a million tons of steel in Hawaii that they, and they even had to import steel because they used up all the steel in Hawaii. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. it, like, that's epic dude. And it looks epic. It looks real because it is real. Um, It, it, it looks real because it is real and they filmed it out on the ocean and they built all their sets and it's epic because it looks real because it is real and i i like that and i don't think that you will ever make a movie like this again they'll never make a movie like this again because if they made this again like if they were to remake this it would be mostly cgi yeah the set would be built on inside a massive studio yeah and shot in a way to where like it's not even the whole set they'd build sections of the set in the massive studio with a wall of green screen or blue screen or whatever uh the water the water and then they'd shoot those bits they'd redo the set for the other bits and stuff and then any ultra wide shots would all just be cgi'd yeah so i i want to just say I appreciate the filmmakers and their effort, and I like the movie, and I think it's a fun action movie. And all the hate, all the media haters, you know, we're we're counteracting you because we're media too, mm-hmm. <laughs> and we're counteracting your hate with our love. <laughs> yeah, take that, mainstream media. <laughs> yeah, screw you, mainstream media. Eighties, nineties, <laughs> uncensored says this movie's worth watching. Yeah. And Kevin Costner, if you if you appreciate that, then hey, if you want to be a guest on our show, just let us know, bro. We know you're listening, so don't be shy. <laughs> yeah. Come come talk to us about some of your films from the eighties or nineties. We we don't care about Yellowstone. That's too new. Let's let's talk about some of your yeah. old stuff. Hey, let's talk about like Prince of Thieves and like I don't I didn't even notice your non British <laughs> accent. accent. And and I here's did. the thing. It, they didn't have a British accent back then anyway. British people sounded a lot more like Americans. If you actually go back to it, they sound more like us anyway. So I think it was absolutely um, uh, authentic. So <laughs> we love you, Kevin, and come on our show and Waterworld Rocks. That's all we got to say about that. <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't know if I agree with you on Prince of Thieves, but there are other Kevin. I, I mean, I'll talk Bull Durham all day long. That film. I love yeah. as a Kevin Costner film. 
and it's yeah, summer baseball season anyways yeah so mm. kevin's the bomb and and we think the effort was worth it i think it was worth it and you'll never see a movie like this again so i appreciate it go watch it there you go well listeners you know what i'm going to say here if you like our show definitely takes a minute to give us a review on your podcast player if you're not subscribed already well why you're listening just listen to an entire episode you should already be subscribed so subscribe if you want to follow us on social media we are at the 80s and 90s com and of course our website the 80s and 90s.com is where you find out everything that we are up to so check it out for all kinds of cool stuff articles and of course links to everything else and with that we will say we are out of here like Depth Charge, the old man in the tanker's belly, doomed to float in a vat of oil, anxiously waiting for a flare to be dropped to end our dark nightmare. I forgot about that guy. Yeah. Depth Gauge, that's his <laughs> Remember, name. Remember, and, and, yeah, and then the flare comes down, and he's like, thank God. Thank you. <laughs> he's just wishing for death. That's sad, dude. That's some sad stuff. And that's another thing. Why did they not explain what happened? Where'd he, uh, why is he down there? I want to know. What's, yeah, what's he uh, being punished for? I think there's a whole extended thing. Um, and I'd really like to one day see it. I'll wait till you come back. We'll find it. We'll watch it. Okay. Maybe we'll drink some. Maybe Kevin Costner has his face on some Washington wine and we'll, we'll watch that. <laughs> drink, drink Kevin Costner wine and watch Waterworld. <laughs>